The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaeline and Skylar. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. And let me start again by reassuring you that, that this is a safe place, that yeah. we recognize that when we bring up the topic of abortion in particular, because so many of us are impacted in a personal way, that this can be really painful or at least really challenging to delve into. And yet so many people feel isolated and alone. So we're really glad that we have this time to actually begin the discussion. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's what we've really been wanting to do is just start this conversation, begin the discussion. It's it's an open, safe place to, to just talk freely about this. Uh, so we want to start by just recapping, you know, where we've been. We've been doing this for a little while now. So just briefly go over the different things we've talked about. First, we, we talked about the number of people who are impacted. We talked about some statistics that uh, in America, three out of 10 women by the age of 45 will have had at least one abortion. Um, And then for every woman, there's a man involved in some capacity and often family and friends as well who who are potentially impacted by that. We talked about the nature of of grief in abortion as a, a disenfranchised grief, a grief that is not culturally accepted that that people are often not given permission by those around them to grieve this kind of loss and then we we've talked about some some of the different healing tools and healing activities uh, that can be helpful for someone who's dealing with this grief we talked about the importance of telling your story and how that can really uh, it just putting words to the experience it, it can have a healing factor to it accepting that this is something that happened we talked about the importance of building a support system how so many people just need someone to be there with them uh, through the process help them through this grieving process we talked about different ways to explore emotions and and then the necessity of of just thinking through the different emotions that you're feeling the mixed emotions and we talked about activities that can be done to to help explore those emotions and then we talked through how sometimes unhealthy behaviors can arise because of of how difficult the situation can be and we talked about the importance of addressing those for a, a healthy grieving process to really be possible Absolutely. And, and all of these episodes can be listened to on Voice America if somebody is interested. We've also put some show notes and safe place tips on our Facebook, Facebook page, um, Creating a Safe Place. Mm-hmm. So that's another place that people can access some information and interact with us as well. 
And you were talking about the, the, the telling your story and also just um, how it, the loss after abortion isn't something that's always culturally acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And so we have a really special guest that's here with us today who's going to help us to more fully understand the nature of reproductive loss. And perhaps you can just give us some, because um, Dr. Diamond is, is amazing, and share with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, just a, a brief introduction. Um, Dr. Diamond, she received her doctorate in clinical psychology from the University of Michigan. She's the co-founder and co-director of the Center for Reproductive Psychology in San Diego, California. Uh, she's a co-author of Reproductive Trauma, Psychotherapy with Infertility and Pregnancy Loss Clients, She also has lectured nationally and internationally on reproductive issues and conducts in-service trainings for medical professionals. I mean, really, uh, Dr. Diamond's a a pioneer in this field and has made so many significant contributions um, in addition to just the compassion that she brings to this as well. So, Dr. Diamond, we are so uh, excited and honored to have you today on the program. Thank you, Michaeleen and Skylar. I'm delighted to be here. This is a topic that's very close to my heart, so I'm glad Wonderful. to be here. Wonderful. Well, I thought we could start by um, having you tell us, you, you, you talk about and, and write about the reproductive story, and we've been so intrigued by that, and we've found that that's really helped uh, understanding, but we'd like to, to hear from you. What, what do you mean by that? Sure. The reproductive story is um, what we refer to for that inner, it's an inner narrative that we all have, it starts in early childhood, about how we imagine life will unfold when we grow up. And whether we have children or don't have children or want children or don't want children, we all have a reproductive story because we once were children. And our story is shaped in part by how we ourselves were parented. So if you had, you know, a warm and nurturing uh, childhood, you'll perhaps look towards parenthood from that standpoint. If you had a less than perfect childhood, it might affect how you feel about becoming a parent yourself um, or becoming a parent might involve wanting to redo some of the things that, that didn't go so well. But we all have a story, and what we have found in our work um, is that whenever something goes differently or goes wrong in how our story unfolds, it can be a trauma and a loss. And, um, you know, we often don't even realize we have a story until something happens and we realize, oh, this isn't how it was supposed to be, or, oh, mm-hmm. I never expected this. So when it comes to uh, an unplanned pregnancy, for example, the reproductive story is especially important because people don't understand what, what they've lost, and, and friends or family don't understand what the loss is because, well, it was an un unplanned pregnancy, you, you chose to terminate it, what, why is this a loss? And the reason it's a loss is that it's the loss of the story. It's a loss of a, of an, of a lifetime of imagining how your life will unfold. And the reproductive story never includes unexpected pregnancies. It never includes infertility or miscarriage or premature births or... 
um, stillbirth. It, it doesn't include any of those things. And our culture certainly doesn't uh, include those things when you uh, when it looks at uh, reproduction and childbearing. Um, right. That's that is so true. I I am kind of taken with the whole the reproductive story and creating that that narrative for yourself. I I had an opportunity a few years back. I was helping somebody with looking at some. Classwork. They had been working with middle school students and and talking about family, um, you know those those types of, of things. And an activity that they did is the the middle schoolers actually drew a picture of their current family, but then they also drew a picture of their future family. Mm-hmm. And so I was helping her look through this, and what really intrigued me is that certainly this didn't seem to be a difficult assignment for the students to do. They really mm-hmm. had a they had a number of children or a number of pets um, that they had involved, and for the uh, the the young men. They as well, I don't know why this surprised me at the time, and now it makes sense to me, but I was a little surprised. I think culturally we think a little differently about this, but these young men had very definite, they not only had their children, but they had chosen gender, and some had given them names. Yeah. You know, that actually, it it is surprising because, again, in our culture, boys and men are not are not often seen as being as involved or invested in the whole world of childbearing. But, you know, it, it, um, it starts at a very, very young age, you know, from little boys mm-hmm. who want to grow up to be like their dads or children who say, well, when I grow up, I'm never going to make my children eat broccoli. You know, all of those <laughs> moments are part or a reflection of the fact that there is this internal story and it does come out. Sometimes people will say, well, gee, I don't know, I never wanted kids um, right. until they reach a certain age, um, but but um, that's part of their story, too. So the whether one wants children mm-hmm. or doesn't want children reflects their own reproductive story. Um, and, so, and so I gave an example... Adolescent girls will have you know, they'll have everybody but, you know, the face of the groom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> their Which is why when an unexpected pregnancy occurs, it is such a shock. Because mm-hmm. the story never includes things mm-hmm. like that. It's not how it was supposed to be. Right. Right. And so I, I had given a, a concrete example of, of young men who actually had now this, you know, had become conscious in the way of them drawing it out. But can the, can the story be something that we're unaware of? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, large parts of it, I think, remain outside of our awareness. Again, often until something goes wrong. Um and so sometimes people are aware of, you know, very concrete ideas about, you know, they want X number of children or they want a boy or a girl and they might even pick names or, you know, they, they uh, anticipate being a certain kind of parent, you know, they're, they're always going to trust their teenager and they're never going to, as I said, make their mm. children eat broccoli or... Right. Um, 
But I think there are a, there's a lot of um, threads to it that have more to do with how we were parented and how we felt about that and what our reasons for wanting children might be often stay outside of our awareness. You know, becoming a parent is one way to feel more fully adult. It's a way to complete the separation from one's parents. It's a way to leave something for the future. It's a way to redo or rework or repair earlier wounds from our own childhoods. And those kinds of those threads are often outside of our awareness. And when I talk to people about the trauma that they're going through, one of the things that makes these events traumatic, it's a traumatic loss, is that there are so many of these other elements that are woven into our stories that we're not aware of, but that we then react to when something has gone awry. Wonderful. So it makes it a very complicated loss, a very complicated grief. Yes, and we're we're coming up on a break. And so Mm -hmm. that's something we definitely want to pick up on when we come back is talking a little bit more about that that trauma and, as you said, the complicated grief. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do want to invite our listeners, if you have questions or comments, you can contact us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. That's contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And definitely be sure to like us on our Facebook page. That's Facebook slash creating a safe place. And on that page, we'll be posting some highlights for today's show as well later this week. Absolutely. And they can find as well links to past programs Mm -hmm. and some safe place tips. I know often people will listen and they have a person in mind who's hurting and they would like to help them, but they're not quite sure how to do that. So when we come back, uh, Dr. Diamond will continue to share with us about the reproductive story. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A1Storage.com. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesu.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael Lee. And this is Skylar. We are so happy today to have Dr. Diamond joining us, and we had left the discussion beginning to touch on, we had talked about the reproductive story, and Dr. Diamond was about to share with us about why this can be traumatic, and so perhaps you can pick up there for us. Sure. Um, and let me, let me preface this by saying that um, we have found in our work that whenever there is a uh, a, a, a right turn or a hairpin turn in the reproductive story and it doesn't mm-hmm. go as one had expected, it can be a trauma and a loss. Not everybody experiences it that way, um, at least consciously, but when you start to talk to people, you really start to get to the deeper feelings um, and they are surprised at how strongly they feel and they are confused by how strongly they feel. Um, they don't understand it, which is part of what makes it traumatic. Um, but it's a trauma because of the deep attachment to the story and how we expected things to unfold. And also because it's a very reproductive loss. It's a very, very complicated loss because there are so many layers of loss. Hmm. There's, there's the loss of... Um, in the case of an unexpected pregnancy, there's the loss of how we imagined it was going to be. There might be some very concrete ideas we had in our story about how it was going to be when we got pregnant and who it was going to be with and how we were going to tell people or if we were going to have a baby shower, all these things that we attach in our, to, our, to that experience in our story that when it's an unexpected pregnancy and an unplanned pregnancy... Um, it can be very, very different, and people, instead of being happy, are they're scared or they're ambivalent or they're anxious or they feel ashamed, they feel out of control. Um, so the whole thing about telling people about it, for example, is an experience that isn't what they expected. There can be a loss of a sense of belonging. Suddenly you feel like you're outside of your peer group when you have an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy. You feel a loss of control. How did, what, what sudden, suddenly I'm on another planet dealing with this unexpected pregnancy. 
it can affect friendships. There can be a loss of, of a sense of connection with one's friends. Um, and I want to add here that it's really important to realize that everybody has a reproductive story. And so the reactions that friends or family or strangers would have to our experience, you have to remember, is shaped by their reproductive story. So you learn things about your friends or loved ones when you have a reproductive trauma that you never really had to know before. Mm -hmm. How do people respond in the face of a crisis? And sometimes people step up and show themselves to be more available than you'd expected. And some people who you thought you could count on are having trouble with your experience and say or do things that are distancing. And that can be very, very painful. Um, But so often people's reactions is based on their own probably unconscious internal, you know, story of their own. Um, How would this, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, I'm certainly, I'm imagining that, like the wider circle of your family and friends. I'm also wondering how that would impact the couple themselves who find themselves in this. How, how does that impact as, the, as they realize that they're pregnant and now are facing making a decision? Well, that's a very good question, and it's a very difficult question because there's so much variation, you know, depending on the nature of the relationship, depending on the level of trust between the couple, depending on whether... Um, it was a relationship that uh, they, you know, it was a committed relationship or not. We have found that reproductive trauma can bring couples together, or it can push people apart, especially if the couple doesn't agree on how they want to proceed. And again, focus tends to be on the female because she's the one who goes through the procedure, but very often. Young men and, and men have a lot of feelings as well about how they would want to proceed. And um, it can both create, um, well, and it's the idea that men and women both have reproductive stories. And when each person isn't aware of the other's story, it leaves a lot of room for misunderstanding and, um, and misjudgment. Um, one of the troubles that couples have is that they are both trying to make right or actualize their reproductive story, but but they haven't articulated it, and so it can lead to a lot of misunderstanding. We we certainly, in the anonymous stories that are sent in to abortionchangesyou.com, that is definitely a theme. Um, that that mm-hmm. we hear and the and the difficulty and the misunderstanding, or simply the different way that people react to it. Um, in fact, I wanted to just interject a, a quick story. I, I so like it, Dr. Diamond, that you do um, bring talk about the men mm-hmm. um, because so often men do seem to be just kind of set outside of all of this, mm-hmm. um, which I would imagine only complicates things for them as well. But there was a man who wrote in last week, and I'm just reading a few lines from his story. Um, his, his wife was under the impression that he was having an affair. He said he was not. But during this difficult time, she found out that she was pregnant. And then he did not know. And so he writes, after the abortion, I learned of it quite by accident. 
When I confronted her about it, she admitted it. I thought I forgave her in that instant, but what I now believe is that a part of me just died. I could neither confront her or what she had done. For the last 20 years, I've dealt with anger and rage that I couldn't recognize. And he goes on and talks about finally getting some help for that. And he says, the rage is gone now. That feeling of being totally lost is past. I suffer every day knowing what has been lost and dealing with the guilt. I grieve from time to time as circumstances allow. Still, there are some days in the quiet, if you were passing by, you would wonder at the sound of a man sobbing. And I think we don't often think about men having, you know, this type of reaction. Right, right. Well, I think that it's it's a very poignant story, and I I hear these kinds of stories all the time. I think so often men feel like it is their job to support the woman because it's not their body, you know, Mm -hmm. technically. And so they feel that it's their job to support the woman and they set aside their own feelings. We also know that men and women cope differently. Well, I mean, all humans, we all have our own coping style. Um, But we've also learned that men and women also grieve differently. And men are much more inclined to grieve privately. They They will grieve in their car listening to music. Um, but but publicly they feel like their position or their role is to be a help, be a support to their wives. Um, women are much more, uh, typically broad stroke generalizations here, more expressive with their grief, more wanting to talk about it, more wanting to share it. And so that in itself, those differences in how people cope can create uh misunderstanding between couples. You know, she needs to talk, he needs to not talk. Um, They need to find a way to compromise in a way that meets both their needs, where she can give him some space and he can agree to have a cup of tea now and again. Um, Right. uh, Right. And I I know when I kind of interjected this, you were sharing some of the losses and the multiple Mm -hmm. losses. Um, and, And I think I probably interjected before you were you were done with that, and I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit bit more of what some of those other losses or layers of losses, sure. as you said, might look like. Sure. No, that's fine. So there's, there's of course, the, the concrete, tangible losses of experiences that people had wanted to have when they thought about becoming parents. And then there, those are the losses of experience. Um And then there's what we call losses of opportunity, which are the opportunities to kind of continue your growing up through the act of becoming a parent, um, where you can feel like you are on par with your parents. You know, you're a parent to a child rather than child to a parent. It can help you consolidate your adult identity. It can give you an opportunity to rework or repair earlier wounds. And these are things that people are not usually aware of until something goes awry. Um, the opportunities to kind of have that internal growth. Um, and the thing is, is that the, the, um, those losses can continue to unfold across the lifespan. 
so that if somebody has an abortion, say, when they're 19 or when they're 20 or sometime in that phase of life, and it, even when it's absolutely the right decision and it's well thought out and it's well resolved, 15 or 20 years go by, and if that person then suffers a miscarriage or has infertility, very often the abortion kind of gets reawakened and the loss gets re-experienced and it gets rewritten. It's almost like people rewrite their histories where a decision Mm -hmm. that had been right at the time with the information that they had suddenly gets cast as, oh, it was a mistake, I never should have done it, it was my only chance to have a child, I'm being punished, my infertility or the miscarriage is a punishment. All sorts of things go on that are so painful and, and scary to people that were, were not part of the original processing. Um, so often people feel kind of blindsided when years later something will trigger the loss. And we know this about all loss. You know that a loss of, of any loss you experience can be re-triggered if, yes. if, you, if something in your life triggers it. Um, so if the future reproductive, the reproductive story unfolds, um, that earlier loss can be reawakened. Um, earlier traumas can be reawakened by even the physical experience of an abortion. You know, your body feels out of control, it, 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 it's scary, you feel overwhelmed. It can re-evoke earlier traumas from a person's past as well. So there's so many complicated threads. And that's what makes it traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a loss of identity. You know, we grow up, we think we're in control of our lives and we make our plans and we are going about our business and all of a sudden we have this, a curveball has been thrown at us. And it yeah. really, yes. um, it, 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 it's part of the, it's when you say abortion changes you, it's partly there's an identity crisis that kind of occurs. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. it may be part of our part of our self concept is somebody who is planful or somebody who who makes careful decisions or you'll hear people say, Oh well, I would never let that happen to me or oh I would never do that. And All of this is, is life is so throws you a curveball and suddenly you are a member of a club you never wanted to be a member of. Absolutely. These are all of this, Dr. Diamond, is, is is so important, especially when people get confused with their emotions. So when we come back with a break, let's pick up with that loss of identity. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. and then I think we can start to then talk about I think probably people are starting to wonder what is that what does the grieving and the healing process look like? And so Good. we can okay. begin to pick that up after the break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. On Therapeutic Approach to Growth, host Brooke Wagner showcases topics and experts that are of interest to the special needs community. You'll learn about advances in treatment, challenges, and solutions, as well as how to build and maintain trusting relationships with these amazing individuals who can teach us so much about ourselves in ways we never knew. Tune in to Therapeutic Approach to Growth live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael Lee. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you've, you've joined us mm-hmm. um, to enter into this conversation about what can often be a difficult topic, abortion. Please know that this is a safe place. We have a special guest with us, and we're going to um, continue talking with Dr. Diamond. But before we do, I just I um, was really uh, pl- happy, Dr. Diamond, to hear you talking about or acknowledging that everyone's experience is really unique. Um, and... And I could imagine that for many of our listeners, they're thinking, oh, yes, as you're talking and describing the losses and the layers of losses and the trauma involved, that this is all making sense to them. But there may be others who are saying, oh, I, that wasn't my experience. And and that that's fine. Um, we wouldn't want someone to be feeling like somehow that that was wrong. There's not a right or a wrong way. Mm-hmm. There's just the way that we experience it. And so I'm so glad that you acknowledged that. And I think that we've we've kind of been touching on it, but I think also wanted to say that what you're sharing with us, we're talking about this in the context of loss after abortion, but this certainly applies to other reproductive losses as well. Mm-hmm. And so we left off, you were talking about the, the loss of identity. And if you could just say a little bit more about that, because I, that's something that I know for myself when I, I chose to terminate my pregnancy, and I, I did not at all expect 
I really didn't expect any emotions afterwards. And uh, not only was that not the case, but I was so shocked at, for me, I just felt I didn't know who I was anymore. And that was right. so unsettling and made things so difficult. And that's a theme that that we will, you know, that we'll often hear from others. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. And it's it's an experience that people have with all kinds of reproductive, uh, whenever there's a reproductive difficulty or reproductive challenge, whether it's miscarriage or infertility or... Um, is that is that one the loss of control really can undermine our sense of self um, and make us feel like mm. we're just you know walking you know on slippery ice all the time. It's kind of like I compare it to being in sort of chronic puberty, you know, where your your body's changing and your 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 worldview is changing, and you feel like you don't you don't recognize yourself. So if you're somebody who has always prided yourself on, say, being planful, um, as so many of us are and do, um, to have something really unexpected that feels very out of our control um, can be very, very upsetting. Um, the sense of belonging, you, you don't know where you belong anymore. Um, you don't recognize yourself a lot of the time. And because it's a disenfranchised Loss. It's an invisible reproductive loss. Is an invisible loss, and that's part of what makes it so hard to grieve. Mm-hmm. Abortion mm-hmm. is disenfranchised even further because so often, sadly, there is a lot of um, judgment and shame that accompanies the experience, whether it's internally generated or coming from from others. And that makes it even more unspeakable, which is why I'm so grateful that you have, that you are who you are and providing a safe place for people um, because it's, it's, it is so disenfranchised. Oh, well, it's thank you. And, and certainly thank you for the work that you're doing. And I think that's a, that's a great place for us. I mean, to talk about, um, so what does, what does healing and grieving look like in this context? Well, it's, I think, I think the thing that people need to remember well, several things. One, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. And there is no timetable for grief. And it's important because, especially if it's an unexpected pregnancy, or say another, another place where this happens is if it's a very early miscarriage, the expectation from others is that people will somehow, quote, get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's such an invisible loss. And so... Um, you know, husbands will not understand why their wives are still sad, and and husbands don't like their wives to be sad. Like you know, they want to they want to help, they want to fix things, and they don't know what to do. They start to feel inadequate when a woman continues to feel sad. Um, but there really is no timetable, and there is no right or wrong way. So. Um, that's very important for people to realize. And I think the other important piece for people to realize is that the loss isn't just the loss of the pregnancy. It isn't just, you know, this singular event. 
it's the loss of the story. And that, the reproductive story, is such a, such a large part of who we are. Again, whether we have kids or don't have kids or want kids or don't want kids, it's part of what defines us. So um, that's part of what makes it complex and confusing. Um, I think what what is important is for people to is is for their experience to be normalized. What I mm-hmm. say to people, whether it's post-abortion or if people are trying to decide, I'll have people come in trying to decide what to do, um, is that no matter what they think or feel or do during this time, they have to understand that it's normal, given the magnitude of what's happening to them, given yes. the magnitude of the reproductive story. And so, and people are so relieved because they feel like, they feel like they're crazy. Or their families feel like they're crazy or their spouses feel like they're crazy because they're so distraught or they're so confused or they're so unlike themselves. Um, so I, I, I want people to recognize that their experience, whatever it is, is normal and understandable given, given what they're going through. And that includes you know, if people aren't as distraught or it's a much more straightforward decision, people have different coping styles and people deal with their feelings in many, many different ways and there is no right or wrong. Um, so so it's, it's very important that people realize that because you're right, I mean, I've had people come in and, and or they'll hear me talk and they say, well, gee, I had a miscarriage and, you know, I just figured... You know, it's those things that happen, and I went ahead later and had kids, and it was just fine. You know, was there something wrong with me that I was not in touch with my grief? And I say, no. You know, there is no right or wrong way to grieve, and, and the meaning that an event has for any single person is what is whatever the meaning is for them. Um, so that's really important and can give people relief, just have their own their own experience be normalized for them right um do you feel that that gives them permission then i guess permission to kind of own the experience and move forward i think it's it's a matter of right giving people letting people know that the feelings are normal I will sometimes educate people on the kinds of things they might feel. You know, they might find themselves feeling sad. They might find themselves feeling angry. Um, anger is a, an emotion that can be difficult for so many people because they don't know who to be angry at. So they're, you know, they'll get angry at themselves or they get angry at their partners or they get angry at their doctors or they get angry at God. They'll get angry at... Because anger is part of grief. It's part of trying to come to terms with feeling out of control of, of an event that, that you hadn't expected. And um, the stages of grief are never linear. They're always topsy-turvy. This is the other thing mm-hmm. I explain to people is that they'll talk about the stages of grief, you know, denial and anger and bargaining and resignation and acceptance. And there are all those stages, but they're never tidy and linear. Mm, They're up and down and back and forth and people can rotate through in minutes or hours or days. Um, 
So I, I will try to educate people about that so that they don't worry about themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. People worry about themselves in addition to whatever they're feeling about what has happened to them. Um, and I encourage people to just try to leave room for their feelings. You know, people, we all, when we're upset, or really whenever we're aroused with anything, we can be tired or hungry or excited or, or upset, we get activated and we don't think as clearly and we become more black and white in our thinking. We all do this. I think it goes back to caveman days, you know, when you're, is that lion going to bite my head up or not? We don't have time to think about mm-hmm. our feelings. We go to fight or flight. And so when people are going through an upsetting experience, um, we all tend to get more black and white. And we, we start to experience our feelings as if they were facts, as if they were, you know, mm. that rock sitting on the sidewalk, a, a thing that can hurt us. And in fact, feelings are not things. They're very ephemeral. They come and go constantly, moment by moment. And so I try to help people not be afraid of their feelings. Mm. Their feelings are not a thing that they're going to feel forever. But when you're in a black and white mode, you can't imagine ever feeling differently. And that's not to minimize what they're experiencing, but just to kind of teach them to notice their feelings, acknowledge their feelings, but recognize that feelings are kind of like the air. You know, they're not... They're not solid. They won't hurt you. Right. Absolutely. It, it certainly does. And, and all of this is so helpful as you're painting that picture of what this process might, might look like and how you're helping to, to educate and prepare and give someone permission to enter into that process. And so let's pick that up when we come back with the break. I think talk about a few more practical things and perhaps mm-hmm. how we can help others who we either know or suspect who are hurting um, as Good. a result of a reproductive loss and we do want to ask our listeners if you have questions or comments please feel free to contact us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com that's contact at abortionchangesyou.com and do like us on Facebook at Facebook slash creating a safe place and on that Facebook page we'll have some show notes from this week and then you can go and look back at some notes from our past episodes as well Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. 
Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you are here with us today and also with our special guest, Dr. Diamond. And actually, over the the break, we were talking about how sometimes uh, the different uh, emotions and reactions that Dr. Diamond was sharing can be triggered. And I was thinking that uh, it was very unexpected for me. I began to have difficulties again about 18 years after my abortion, and it took me a while to put two and two together, but I had a friend whose oldest daughter was the same age as my child would have been, and they were going through all the senior year activities that you do at high school and getting ready to go to college, and I all of a sudden realized this is the was the source of the difficulty I hadn't thought about that at all but suddenly this possibility that I could have a now young adult who would be graduating and who would be going on to college um, really triggered a lot of emotions during that time is that something that you find things like that Dr. Diamond you know Michaeline that is that is such a lovely example because it it happens all the time and people can really feel blindsided by it, especially when they they think that their decision and their experience had been sort of put you know put to rest that it was mm-hmm. it was uh, no longer an active uh, crisis for them and anything can trigger it your experience or you know somebody might drive by the hospital where they had been or they might drive by the local park and see children playing or they might see someone who's pregnant or uh, they might see an infant and it's important to normalize the reaction because people are often shocked they feel blindsided by it and then they worry about themselves in addition to what they already feel but you also, um, along with that, is that it's important for people to know that that they they will may have reactions on the anniversary of the various events that they experience. So they might have an uh, they might find themselves feeling activated, and they'll look at the calendar and they'll realize, oh, this was the date that I had my abortion, or oh, this is the date, this is the due date. 
of the baby had I not terminated the pregnancy or, as you describe, oh, this is the date when that child would have graduated from high school. They're called anniversary reactions. And again, people, if they're not aware of the normalcy of those reactions, and this happens with, with all losses, um, you know, whether it's death of a loved one or a miscarriage or an infertility experience, uh, any traumatic event, the date that around the time that it happened will often trigger uh, memories and reactions. And, you know, um, people, people who have the good fortune to have close relationships where they can share their experience of an unplanned pregnancy and abortion are will turn to family or friends. Not everybody has those people in their lives, and they feel so very isolated and alone. Um, so I always encourage people to get support to, you know, your organization, my work, um, uh, support groups, whenever, wherever they can have support to help them process their experience. Um, often people don't know how to help. I mean, in our culture, we don't know how to deal with these kinds of things anyway, whether it's death of a loved one or a reproductive loss, miscarriage, infertility, or an abortion. And, and um, it's really very simple. All you really need to say is, how was that for you? Or, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. You don't even have to label it as a loss because we don't know if that other person experiences it as a loss. We don't know what they experience, how they experience it. So to even just be very generic and say, you know, tell me, tell me about it, um, can be such a relief to people. Um, tell me what that was like for you or tell me how that is for you sort of opens the door to it being whatever it was for that person. Um, Absolutely. And I, very, I'm sorry? No, thank you so much for sharing that. And we find that as well, that I think because we don't see it modeled around us, we don't really see examples right. of it, that we're right. unsure what to do. And sometimes what I'll hear people say is like, I'm afraid that I'm going to make it worse. I'm afraid right. that I'm going to hurt them. Right. And that, I hear that a lot, but, but what hurts is having it become something unspeakable. Mm-hmm. Or what hurts is that if the person launches into their own experience mm-hmm. because they're uncomfortable and so they, they, they kind of right, forget yes. and they start talking about their own experience before they know what that other person needs. So making yourself available and offering support and an invitation to talk. Sometimes I'll just say, tell me. Two words, tell mm. me, mm. is all that someone really needs. Um, very often with reproductive experiences, people will have, you know, they'll, they'll, give, they'll, they'll be trying to cheer someone up. So they'll say, oh, we'll be glad it was early, or it wasn't meant to be, or don't worry, you're young, you can have another, or you're lucky it was, you know, it was early. And I say, no, 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 this wasn't meant to be. You're not lucky. This isn't how it was supposed to be. Those kinds Mm -hmm. of comments are so invalidating. So often I'm trying to teach loved ones what not to say. Mm -hmm. Um, 
especially as you said, Michaeline, where people don't, it's not talked about, people don't have it role modeled, mm-hmm. which is why I encourage people to just keep it simple and make it an invitation rather Wonderful. than a commentary. Thank you. And I, I think those are especially some of those last things you were sharing and the things not to say um, or something that we can put up in our, our show notes. Really, mm-hmm. that's our, our yeah. safe place tip, if you will, for somebody who's wanting to be a safe place for others. And before we conclude, I, if you would, could you share with us how our listeners could get in touch with you? Certainly. Um, we have a website, the Center for Reproductive Psychology, and the site address is www.reproductivepsych.org. Um, and um, you can email us through that, or you can call us at 858-576-3810. And uh, I or uh, one of my co-directors would be happy to speak with you and and help arrange whatever kind of help the person might need. Wonderful. And we will post that on our Facebook page, Creating a Safe Place. Dr. Diamond, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, and we thank you for everyone who is listening today. If you would like to contact us, you can do that at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. That's contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And like our Facebook page, Facebook slash Creating a Safe Place. Wonderful. Well, we are looking forward to being back in two weeks after the, at least for a new show in two weeks, after the Memorial Day weekend. And we will be continuing to talk about identifying losses as well as highlighting a helpline that people could call into. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we are here to help you.